0: This is Atlanta Legacy Podcast brought to you by Whitetail Properties Real Estate. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. This is your weekly resource for habitat management, wildlife management, and recreational real estate. We hope you guys enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome back. Land of Lagos podcast here. Adam here, um, got a chainsaw chat here this week. Got me again. Yeah, got you again. This is going to be, we're kind of, oh man, we're, 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 uh, we're doing it fast and furious tonight. We've been slammed and running all over and Matt's on vacation this week. And so, uh, Ultimately, we are going to do, we're doing two podcasts back to back. And uh, usually we have a little bit of time. We did, uh, we've been both thinking we did Chad's topic. And this week, we're going to do, or on this podcast, we're going to do the topic I had picked out. So, um, guys, we thank you uh, each and every week for listening. Um, Be sure to go over uh, to our YouTube channel. As soon as my internet actually works again, dang you Suddenlink, I will start uploading more and more videos as we roll right into turkey season and then planting season and all other things. Also note that if you haven't seen this yet, the um, Land Beat series from Whitetail Properties, which we help host, uh, has shared a pile of videos uh, this spring and winter with us of all over the country, and there's going to be more of them coming. So, guys, um, be sure to go over to the Whitetail Properties YouTube channel and subscribe as well. There it is, Chad. You mentioned on the other podcast the smoke effect on our voices, and I feel like mine is slowly getting more raspy. Um, I'm starting to sound like my middle child with this raspy voice. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, it's... uh we we've, we've got a lot of videos coming as well as um guys we thank you for all the reviews you leave this is going to be me doing shameless plugs to try to gather more support um you know it is interesting times in the world of wildlife and land management um I don't know why you blame what why you could say it's happened, but there is a lot of a lot of information out there in land and habitat management, and we appreciate you guys. Who are loyal that come here um, to listen and and learn and then try to use these tools to implement uh, or to implement on your farm. It means the world to us, and we we love when you guys share your success stories. I mean, my goodness, we got a long list of clients now who are sharing those success stories with us, and we try to share as much as we can. But like even this fall, we had several guests lined up, but it just we had topics we needed to cover, and we just could never get to it. Um, but yeah, we thank you guys for it. Um, it is almost turkey season and that means you, hopefully you're prepared by now. But, um, one thing's for sure is, uh, I don't know if I should share that or not. Uh, maybe I will or not, but one thing's great about, um, turkey season and, and one of our partners who's been supporting us, Vortex Optics um, if you're, if you, if you tend to like to shoot over top of turkeys, a red dot might be something right up your alley. And, uh, and so, uh, um, I that. would not know anybody who's done it. And, um, but be sure to go and check out the land beat series, uh, coming up. Uh, you <laughs> might be able to see that. But, uh, if, if you have that problem, oh, and our own YouTube, my goodness, we're putting him on the fire here. Um. But yeah, a red dot is a phenomenal thing on a turkey shotgun. I've got one on mine, absolutely love it. It's the Vortex Spark Solar, and uh, it's all ready to rock. I need to I need to shoot just to make sure. But um, it's uh, I'm excited to, to tote it once again. And uh, but also, if you didn't know, Vortex has wonderful apparel as well. And you can use uh, promo code Land and Legacy over there to get twenty percent off on uh vortex apparel vortexoptics.com go to the uh, apparel line and start shopping um yeah that was a little foreshadow of videos to come wasn't it
1: <laughs> gives them something to look for
0: yeah 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 so go to youtube land a legacy subscribe for us please share it if you can you know we put a lot of habitat videos on there Having the past if one of them kind of fancies you then share it on social media please that would help us out tremendously um, oh man. So we're going to try to, uh, I'm going to share some stories and then I'm going to dive into, um, some of my, to my topic this week, uh, on this podcast and, um, Chad, I was recently on a consult this, it was this spring and I was working with a guy and he told me, we brought up, um, he started asking questions about something that is a very hot topic right now. And um, it seems like more and more and more and more people are talking about it. And Matt was recently asked on a podcast about what his opinion was of all the people who are getting into Habitat and starting to share information and he said, you know, I think it's I think he said something like, I think it's great, you know, people are doing it, but there is one problem that arises with that, and that some of the information is just flat out wrong. And then it can be confusing to other people, uh, if they aren't aware that or have the credentials to to understand all oh, this guy's just wrong uh, about what he's saying. And um, this topic being particularly and this this whole podcast is not about soil health, but um, this first portion is, and so soil health has just been so. That was
1: an that was such an anticlimactic way to reveal what you were working.
0: To yeah, that's that that that's that's true. Um, but I was there's nothing climatic about soil health to me. Like I, I and I this sounds terrible, and maybe this is why this client made this comment. I didn't feel like I had this. Demeanor, um, or this, uh, this, um, oh, opinion about it, um, or it lack of enthusiasm, um, before, but I certainly do now. And it has nothing to do with that. I don't care. But when somebody brings up soil health, and it, and it, it almost makes me go like when guys like Caleb Traw and Mitt Wardlaw, who I had on the soil health, uh, part of the series last year when I started talking to them like yeah that it's it's important but golly let's just stop like just you know I'm so sick of hearing about it and I've well, that's kind of where think, I've gotten to
1: you know I think it's that way with anything the, the problem with it is it's not that you're perturbed by the talk of soil health no It's not that you're perturbed by or just even just annoyed by talking soil health it's the to me, what it, what perturbs me with it is it's misuse. Yeah. It's not... A lot of the talk of soil health is not about soil health. It's about wallet health.
0: Yeah. Financial health. It's
1: about health. Putting more money in somebody's pocket and it's not the person that's dealing with soil health. It's whoever's being sold the product.
0: No doubt. No doubt. And so... Ultimately, Chad, product. what the what the client said was he had worked with other people in the past and uh, what he said was, you know, when I first heard you guys talking about soil health or food plots, I thought, well, they just, I guess they just don't care about soil health. And then I started laughing because I'm like, huh, you know, if you thought that, there's probably other people that thought that or think that, but it's so far from the truth. And in fact... My opinion of, of what the soil health movement is has become more, like you said, it's it's about selling something and somebody making money and, and it sounds terrible because ultimately where what, what I've been trying to challenge people is going, ultimately with, with, uh, with soil health is saying, okay, so we care about soil health. why? And now that I know that you've told me why you care about it, tell me what you're going to do about it, and then let's match it up to what we know about soil health principles and naturally what builds soil. Because if it doesn't match up to those principles and the historical and natural evidence of what creates healthy soil, then this is just a this is just trying to sell ice to an Eskimo or a ketchup popsicle to a lady in white gloves. Like this is just a sales pitch, and that's where soil health has really taken a turn for the worse for me personally.
1: And I, and I think it's very very prevalent in the hunting industry. It's not. I don't know that it is as much in the farm, like in the actual agriculture side.
0: No, not it's at not all. About I don't. Not at all.
1: A sales pitch. It's it's trying to they're trying to get a better income.
0: That's right. And and it, that's where in when in the ag world it comes down to dollars and cents and and the inputs and the productiveness. In the food plot world it comes down to what makes you feel good, what makes you think that you see a difference and what sells. And that's what you know, just kind of irks me. Kind
1: of, kind of sparks an interesting thought to me. I would love to Get (laughs) like an interview panel of about like six or seven, just like big time crop farmers across the country, and sit them down and give them the sales pitch from the hunting industry. Oh, they see their reaction.
0: They wouldn't give us five minutes for that, like, they would just say, They would be on to something else, like, I ain't got time for this, I gotta go combine something, or I gotta go, Ah. I gotta go fertilize.
1: that's the the thing with it is, is it's like a complete sales pitch.
0: Yeah. And, and I, so I told you, I'm like, you know, this is, it feels a lot like anymore that this whole soil health thing has become like uh, a diet, if you will. And, and the sale is, Hey, don't you want to be healthy? Don't you want to live a better life? Don't you want to per- make yourself a better person so the people around you can see how much you care about being around for them? And don't you want to live a long time and enjoy life with your kids and your grandkids and possibly even your great-grandkids? And you think, That's, that sounds amazing. I'm going to do that. And then somebody comes on and says, I did this diet. You should too. And they show their past pictures and you think, whoa, that person looks totally different. I'm going to do that. They're
1: smiling. They're smiling.
0: <laughs> they look mad. And now they're smiling. I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden, you, so you get on this diet plan and you're like, huh, it's not quite working as quickly as I thought. But you talk back to your coach or you talk back to the person you're like, and they're like, oh, you're doing great. You look amazing. You, It's doing good. And you're like, yeah, but I'm spending a fortune on these things drinks or this this food and getting it delivered to my house whatever but it just did and you just go on and on well you won't really see results for another month or you're not going to see another results you know you this is life changing you gotta this takes time before you know it you're two years in you're like these the results didn't happen quite like i thought but i'm so far in now i gotta keep going
1: well and, and here's here's an analogy i thought of like after you brought it up and told me what we were going to talk about in honor of tonight being the the March Madness National Championship.
0: Yeah. How, oh, that's tonight?
1: It's tonight. Going <laughs> on right now. Who cares? So, tell me. Yeah. Well, this 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 will work cuz it's going into say I mean cuz this this whole podcast isn't just about soil health. It's about No. I got all a I got
0: a whole stuff thing. to rant on after so, this.
1: Do you think North Carolina went into the season saying uh, I hope we can win a few more games this year than we did last year. Or do you think they set a goal of we want to win the national championship? Yeah. It's like that's a lot of habitat management and soil health and everything else.
0: They you're jumping no You're jumping ahead in, of me now, dude.
1: In, in anything, do you ever go and not set goals, reasonable goals?
0: No, you shouldn't. You I mean, you, you, you like, shouldn't ever uh, do that.
1: I want to see my soil health get better.
0: Well, that, and that's the part that, that is irking me or just driving me mad is because soil health is a direction. It's like I'm selling a direction to somebody. Hey, you need healthy soil. You need to be thinking about healthy soil. You need to be improving your soil health. You need to be building soil. And if you aren't, you're a loser kind of thing. And ultimately, like, and boy, I realize that that is the word I use a lot in the podcast. I've caught myself saying that multiple <laughs> times in the last few weeks. But, but what I'm saying is, if you're in, in anything you're doing, if you are are basing it off of a direction, then you could be in this for a long time. You should be focused on goals. You should be focused on. Destinations, and so for me, I, I I look at it like this, and I and I'll go to the other analogy. I was using the diet one, but this is one thing. Years ago, I had some back issues, which I always have back issues. But um, I was going to the chiropractor, and I went to a chiropractor, and you know he worked me over and popped me a few times, and okay, I need to see you in a few days. We're gonna we're gonna work you over. We did that. And for two months, I went to the chiropractor. By the end of it, I felt phenomenal. He just kept trying to get me to come back, kept trying to get me to come back, kept trying to, no x-rays, nothing, just basing off of He goes, well, we got to keep you in line. And I was, to me, and, and no offense to any chiropractors that listen to this podcast, but at that point, I was like, boy, I feel like all I'm doing is just paying this guy, and I'm not even popping, or I feel great. Like, what is the point of me coming back? Huh. And so I stopped going, and then I went to another chiropractor. And they're like my goal is not to keep you coming back. I want to fix you and get you out of here. Okay, I like this, and and that's where to me like, what what is soil health movement in the food plot world? What is it? I'm gonna I'm gonna x out. I'm gonna stop where I'm gonna weed myself off of off of uh, soil amendments, but I need to go buy a crimper. Well, what's that cost me? Several grand. Okay. So basically I'm trading up front, you know, a couple hundred thousand bucks a year in, in soil amendments, trading that for for steel. Okay. But now it's gonna take me longer, more more diesel fuel, because I have to basically I've got a five or a ten foot swath. And uh but then my timing has to be perfect to make this effectively effective. And truth be told, a lot of these guys still use herbicide regardless of what they're saying. If I'm not using herbicide or we don't use herbicide, they still use it. And, you can and, see kill
1: lines and pictures. Yeah, and when like, you can you still see
0: vegetation yellow standing, that wasn't crimped, my friend. And <laughs> um, and so then that that to me is like okay, so you're just trading the money spent somewhere. And then um, oh, but you need to plant diversity. Well, that falls in line with one of the soil health principles. Of course, you need to plant diversity. And you should be planting it for several years. Like, this is long-term. But ultimately, there you go again. To me, what I'm looking at is going, What what's the goal? If I'm headed down the path of soil health, what is the goal? And if somebody's talking soil health and they don't give me a goal to reach, they're just saying we need to be caring about it, I ain't listening, my friend, because i got to have something that I'm working for. And so... Yes. What is, and, 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 and I want to, before you jump in, I want to share what my goals, because I don't want this whole podcast to be about soil health. That's boring enough as it is. And the fact that I'm trying to say it's easier to convince somebody they've been, it's easier to fool somebody than convince them they've been fooled. That's what's happening in soil health to me is is there's a lot of, there's a lot of sell and there's a lot of suckers. And well, I don't want people to be suckers. I want them to be smart, enough, it's, smart it's to and point. see it.
1: It's to the point where, and I told you about it, I saw a post the other day promoting soil health to make nutrients more available in the soil to the native plants.
0: Yeah, that's and ridiculous. And if you know anything
1: about native plants, they're adapted to the soil they're growing in. They don't need a bunch of nitrogen to grow you no, don't put nitrogen not. or you promote others besides the native
0: plants yeah go to the NRCS or any of these any of these native companies that are saying hey um we we sell you know big blue stem and all that and say what could I fertilize this and make it grow taller tell me what they say but I'll tell you <laughs> they they will tell you not to do that um but the, the the direction of soil health, and that's the management practice. It's all about direction. It's You need to care about it. You need to be doing this. Sometimes you need to plant three crops in a year. You need to plant early in the spring. You need to plant in the summer. You need to plant in the fall. Do that a couple times in a year and crimp and don't use all these, and all of a sudden you're going to be improving soil health. Like it's still not a destination. So I want people to understand we care about soil health, but you got to have goals and you're managing for these goals, don't be looking at it as managing in a direction, in a still moving target. So I want adequate amounts of macro and micronutrients. So when you do a soil test, you're seeing these, you know, you're, you're not seeing anything that's low. We send ours to Waters Ag. So you're looking and you've got green, you've got green bars all the way across. And you're like, okay, everything's adequate, not too high, but but in very healthy, um, amounts. Then my pH is in my target amount. Like I'm shooting for a six, five to a seven, one. And my pH is right in that great. And then I'm looking going, okay, how do my crops look? Are they looking healthy? Because it could be a drainage issue. Like Mick, Mitt Wardlaw, uh, shared a lot. It's like a lot of times it could not even be a uh, micro-macro thing. It could be drainage issue. It could be too much water or not enough. And and so once I get there and I have adequate um, adequate micro and macro nutrients, my pH is, is uh, right in my target range that I'm looking for. I look like I have healthy crops. Then I might look and say, okay, there's that, that's my target. Once I get to that, I just want to stay there. So if I have... Uh, leaky soils, or soils that are going to, uh, I'm going to lose my nutrients. I'm going to make sure that I have the crops available, the diversity in line to where I'm fighting everything I can not to lose that nutrients. But if I have to, I may have to add a little over time to make sure it's at adequate levels. That's that's soil health to me, and I'm going to limit herbicide. I'm going to try to promote um, as much microbial life as possible, so I'm going to graze it uh, with not only with deer, but then I'm actually going to use God's gift to soil health, which is a large ruminant animal, and I'm going to use a cow and I'm going to graze it and let them put all kinds of microbial life back in that soil, and that's it. It's not complicated. It's not sales pitch. It's just we want diversity as much growing matter in the year as possible. So if I can have a living root 12 months out of the year, great. Then I'm going to look for thatch uh, layers or armor on the soil, as a lot of these great regenerative ag guys talk. I'm going to not till, deep till. I'm going to uh, try to limit, uh, limit, I didn't say eliminate, I said limit my herbicide use. So it may be spot treatment or it may be once every three years I have to use it to Erase uh, or eliminate a lot of invasive species that have shown up, Um, and that's that's my goals. But too many times, I I talk to clients or listeners that are going, you know, I really I'm interested in the soil health movement. Well, what's the goal? And they're having trouble telling me, which tells me. Wherever they get that info isn't making it clear to them on the goal. And and now I'm going to shift it right over into what I wanted to spend a majority of this podcast, but I got on a soapbox there. And when it comes to land management, habitat management, wildlife management, whatever you want to call it, you should be managing the exact same way. Set goals. Don't chase direction.
1: Achievable goals
0: yeah but achievable
1: also, also goals that push yourself
0: yeah so like i and so i had a great conversation via text with a friend of ours um uh al um james who's very active on social media very interested in soil health and i was i was basically ranting to him about this because he's all into soil health right now and uh And I I was just telling him, I'm like, listen, dude, like I, this, you know, if you're talking soil health, like this is, you know, and I know he loves talking about it, but it's like, please don't get the people lost where they don't know what they're chasing because we need goals, goals that are achievable. It's certainly achievable for us to say, Hey, in the, in the world of whitetail on the farm, I would love to grow a Boone and Crockett buck. Well, we did that already. So the next step, say, I would, I would love to not rule out that one day we would grow a 200 inch buck on the farm. Is that achievable? It's a long stretch, but it is achievable because there has been some 200s killed in our county. So, you know, it's achievable. Will we see it in our lifetime? I hope so. But it's, it can happen. What do you think, Chad? What's a realistic goal for wild turkeys on our farm?
1: Um, realistic goal, I would think, is say a. It's hard to set a like actual number with uh-huh. turkeys with yes. us. I I would say a healthy population. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not going to want them out of control, just as much as we hope to keep them around at good numbers yep. huntable numbers i mean that's to me huntable population yeah and and probably like with them it's a, a a a good huntable population for like i mean we could say a, a population where we feel comfortable killing what four five six birds a year
0: i think to, like to me i think four is easy i think i think that six or seven on between the family farm and, and, and our farm, so all together we call it the woodlands, I think seven, six and seven over the entire area would be very, I would say that is pretty stinking awesome. And now keep and in I, mind, I kinda, we don't, we don't get aggressive. Like, we'll have way more gobblers than that, but I don't want to kill three-quarters of the toms that are active there or are floating it, in and out.
1: In the same sense with turkeys, to me, a goal turkey-wise is not just turkey population numbers. It's having habitat that will promote a sustainable population, not something like you know there were years where we had a really big number of turkeys. Yeah, but a couple tur- a couple big flood years wiped that clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm saying is have have a diversity of nesting and brooding habitats in the uplands Yeah, to where that is not happening again.
0: No doubt. And I also think, too, that a lot of our farm, we're trying to fix that, but has not had um, acres and acres of usable space for turkeys. Um, I mean, when you look at huge chunks of densely packed, closed canopy hardwoods with no brood rearing, no bugging, no nesting cover or very limited of all of that um, that's not good so we're trying to well, diversify and break it up but that's ultimately a big part of saying okay you know six or seven but if we start down this path and we get more of these wildlife openings and more uh, woodland aspect uh, more savannah more more glade restoration we could say hey actually you know the turkeys are doing really well we might be able to get to eight or nine well, but if if we decided. get to eight or nine, that means I want 20 to 25 throughout the spring. And yeah. that and might not sound five, like yeah. a huge number, but ultimately when you look at that and you look at, at, uh, my gosh, I'm turning this into a drinking game as much as I use that word. Um, mm-hmm. but if you look at it from, from, you know, the acreage that we have and you say 25 to 30 in the spring in the winter, that's nothing. We have that now, but in the yeah. spring, if you had a bird goblin on every ridge, you know, that would be twenty to thirty birds. That would if be something.
1: You, there was a time, you now it was a while ago, and it was when we were
0: rebounding. We had a
1: lot of turkeys, but we heard twenty-seven different turkeys goblin. Yeah. On on the last day of turkey season, so yeah. it's a, it that's a very attainable goal. Yeah. And that's yeah. what even even at that time, you think about. We've discussed it multiple times. There's a large portion of the family farm that we've never turkey hunted yeah because they just they just aren't there
0: yeah that's right and,
1: and it's not like they couldn't be there
0: we've yeah. seen
1: them on the fringe of that occasionally mm-hmm. but we could have it to where that that's been pretty terrible habitat yeah we're fixing that okay there could be a day that we start seeing them roost in that area
0: what, what's achievable goals for bobwhite quail on the family farm to me, it's just hearing and seeing a couple of coveys. I, I feel like I, so. I, I don't want to order a a a a, a, a task too tall and well, say, "Oh, I want to be, I want to have five coveys and be able to hunt them throughout the year." No, I'm I'm just shooting for a couple of coveys. Would be I would be over the moon excited.
1: Here, here's the thing: goals aren't permanent either; they're no. made to be adjusted. Yeah. And, but, and as we, if we, we set that goal for quail, if we see the, the, if we see our, our population starting to build to the point where it's like, okay, let's adjust it. Let's yeah. be able to have a, a minimal ability to hunt them. Yeah. Like one one day a year, we get some dogs out and, and kill a couple quail just for mm. old time's sake.
0: Yeah, no doubt. To me, land management should be realistic goals that are achievable. You know that phrase, uh, what is it? It's kind of one of those like cheesy lines. It says, shoot for the moon, because even if you miss, you land among the stars. That all sounds great on a poster, but when land in land management, it's like, let's be a little bit more realistic so we don't get our hopes up and get depressed and, and end up selling the farm. Let's be realistic. A couple of cubbies of quail would be great. Right now, I'd be thrilled with one covey of ten plus birds throughout the year.
1: Well, and that's what could you imagine us sitting in the tree stand and hearing hearing covey calls in the morning? Oh man, it'd be wonderful. That, that first day, we're sitting in the stand and you hear them. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And so for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this all together now. Soil health and the land management. In soil health, have these goals that are achievable. Which means up front, you may have to put, you may have to spend the money to, to get your pH to your, your targeted range. You may have to put more um, NP and K down to get your macronutrients where it's adequate. Or you may have to put some um, other amendments to get your micronutrients to adequate levels. You may have to spend a little money up front.
1: But if
0: you are planting diversity and you're and you're using these soil health principles, you can get to that targeted range and then continue to keep that. Like you see that a lot with people who have and you can even see that with people who've done soil health and and advocate for soil health a lot, even though they may not say it, but they spent years of amending the soil to get it to these ranges that they have now, and now they're just mining those nutrients that they put down years ago. And that's that's all achievable. And so there's nothing wrong with that. In land management and habitat management, you should be going, "Okay, I would love to I would love to see healthy populations of white-tailed deer, the targeted buck have one buck over 150 or have this amount of turkeys and have all that and I would love to have my timber all TSI and and burn have a good burn plan in place." That may take some work in the first 5 or 10 years. But ultimately, you want to get to a point because you had clear and direct goals, and you achieved those or you worked towards those, and now you have the years of enjoyment. But if you just start down the direction of soil health or wildlife management without clear and defined goals, you may be on that road for a while.
1: Well, I think part of the frustrating frustrating part of the soil health deal is – you may have even achievable goals, but you've been duped into showing up with the wrong tools to achieve those goals. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're trying, you're going to, for the, uh, to qualify for the PGA and somebody hands you a shovel and tells you, this is the best club you're going to ever get. (laughs) You use this club, you're going to qualify. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you want big bucks, you need to you need to buy this certain company's seed, and you need to buy this com- this brand of mineral, and this brand of feed, and this and it's just like it just keeps going, and you have people that are trying to achieve these goals, and they they're unattainable with what tools they have in the bag.
0: No doubt, no doubt, and and, and it's that's no where,
1: wonder they get frustrated
0: and burned out. And that's the last thing you want to happen in this in this uh, exciting <laughs> yeah, venture. Is I'm burned out actually take up golf, yeah with a shovel because it is more exciting than this this <laughs> uh this uh merry go round get to nowhere race that is land management um and yeah I think you know to me I think that's what ultimately is is just have good clear goals and don't um don't run astray in chasing chasing silver bullets ultimately
1: are you trying to say don't go chasing waterfalls?
0: Don't go chasing waterfalls, and by that I mean soil health movement. And you know, maybe I'll say it, maybe I won't say it. I'll say it. So, soil health movement in the in the food plot world is ninety percent smoke and mirrors and ten percent truth, and 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 that's about it to me. And 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 so the purpose was in these conversations I've had with so many clients now talking about soil health, asking me what what they should be doing to improve soil health. It is way more simple what I'm telling them than what they've been hearing and reading and thinking they got to go do. Because what they're hearing, seeing, reading, thinking they're going to have to do for soil health is, ult- is, is like just flat out caught myself. You've heard that. Um, it's It's really just a road of frustration that they're going to feel. To where I think, too, that a lot of the times that when they start down it, they're going to be like, this just not seem like what I've heard said and done. Why am I not seeing the same results? And a lot of times these guys could be spending more money than the person who was telling them. And they're going, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. So-and-so said they're building soil health. Like they're building inches of soil. And I don't, I feel like it's sandier now than it was. Well, one thing's true. Well, there's a lot of things true in there, but, (laughs) One thing could be true. Maybe the messaging isn't completely true. Maybe you got suckered. And, uh, man, I hope, I just, the world I'm at now, and maybe I'm I'm turning that crotchety old man, I'm not even in my mid-30s yet, is, oh, my, this is frustrating to me when I have these ongoing conversations. A lot of these podcast topics come up from, it's not just because one guy said it, it's because it's a reoccurring combo. And, um, so this is a reoccurring conversation I've had where I'm like, okay, this is a, a podcast right here. Let's do it. So Chad, thanks for jumping on. Maybe they won't cancel us after this.
1: <laughs> had a good time.
0: Yeah. I'm sure they won't cancel us cause it's our
1: own show, baby.
0: Anyway, <laughs> um, guys, we thank you again. And, um, man, if you guys enjoyed it, shoot us, uh, Share it on social media. Share it to some social media groups. Um, let everybody know that maybe maybe soil health is all smoke and mirrors. I don't know. Depends on where we're getting the info from. Anyway, guys, we'll uh, catch you next week. Yeah. Yeah.